what I liked about about the worship now is um, how uh, you can see exactly how white people like to dance. Um, and the minute, the minute you tell white people to dance, even if they're walking somewhere, their feet will just stop and only their upper body is allowed to move. Um, which is why I think that gentleman got up and taught you how to do this and you'll notice he didn't tell you what to do with your legs. Um, how much, what time... 20, 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, well, I was just asked to, um, to celebrate uh, my papa uh, before we celebrate Jesus. Um, and <laughs> I, think, I think why I have such a connection with my grandpa is because I don't know how many of you know this, but uh, I only really started talking when I was four, six, five, I don't know, somewhere around there. <laughs> I haven't really stopped since. But um, when, when I was younger, I, I would kind of just talking rubbish. I just go, whatever. And um, I think I had such a connection with my grandpa because um, he would be sitting in the car next to me and suddenly just go, <laughs> and I sat there and I thought, there's someone else that talks like I do. This is great. And we'd have long conversations in the car about who knows what. But uh, um, oh, so I think... I think that's where the relationship really started, and um, I was trying to think of uh, what to what to say, um, and it was very late last night, so I was tired, so I couldn't really really think of anything. But also, I didn't really know what to say, and then I found this, which I wrote for him last year on his birthday. Um, so I thought I'd just read this again. Um, uh, I called it "I'm by no means the kind of man I want to be." I am by no means the kind of man I want to be. I acknowledge that. But it is my hope that one day that the title will no longer be true. So how does one go about making himself the kind of man he dreams to be? My answer to that is to find an example. There are many examples of men in my life. And one of the biggest is my papa. Papa, whenever I was lonely, you would find me. Whenever I couldn't believe that the challenge ahead of me could be overcome, you would encourage me to prove myself wrong. Whenever I was too tired to keep fighting or too weak to move, you would carry me until I was strong enough to continue myself. Whenever I was met with failure, you would inspire me to try again. Whenever I tried to thank you, you would just point to Jesus. You treat women with respect and men with honor. You protect the weak and inspire the strong. You set an example of how to love without the need to be loved back. You prove to the world that a marriage can last for over 50 years and not lose but gain love. You offer money to the poor and guidance to the rich. You advise the needy and encourage the strong. And you, uh, you help without the hope of reward. And never we try to thank you, you would just point to Jesus. I love you very much, Papa. This I know. And it's hard to understand that no matter how hard I try, you'll always love me more. And I can't even thank you since you'll only say Jesus loves you more. And it scares me so much that one day, I will have to venture through this scary, scary world without you. But what I say next will be with me forever. I am by no means the kind of man I want to be. I have a lot of growing to do. But Papa, if I could just be half the man you are, 
then the title will no longer be true. <laughs> All right. Okay, <clears throat> uh, the first slide got up. I don't know how easy that is. Oh, very easy. Um, okay, so I'm going to be talking today about authentic Christianity. Um, which I decided to talk on since uh, my papa has shown me so much of that, what that looks like. Um, so where do we start? What is the definition of authentic? So good. Um, of undisputed origin and not a copy genuine. Uh, I think it's safe to say that no matter what we do or, or what, what we're trying to achieve, we want to be the authentic version of that or be authentic in it. Um, we want the authentic watch. Uh, sorry, how do I stop that? I don't know. Um, we want to have the authentic watch. We want to, um, if we if we want to be Christians, we would want to be the authentic. We would want to be a, an authentic Christian. I assume. I hope. Um, but how how do we go about being authentic Christians? First, it's important to understand uh, what an unauthentic Christian is. If we're trying to establish what an authentic Christian is. Um, there are many examples, unfortunately, in the world of unauthentic Christians. Uh, one of my pastors at my church in Cape Town was telling us that he was in Nigeria recently, and he was preaching, and suddenly a gentleman got up, walked onto the stage, and threw money at his feet. Um, and that, that's how uh, they, they show their appreciation for the preach there. And um, uh, just by the way, if anyone here follows that custom, I don't want to uh, stop you. Um, <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. If that's... Please. I am a student, if you feel there's a need. Um, there's the prosperity gospel in America and in other countries. Um, I watched, I watched a, a, a preach on YouTube the other day where the, the gentleman began his preach by, by telling the congregation that he had bought a private jet with cash um, the, the other day. And then everyone gasped and he said, and then I bought another one four times that amount in cash yesterday. And then he went on about saying how, how, how people, if they give him money, then, then they will be rewarded back. And uh, there are many of these examples that occurs me up the road at the SCA. Um, they, we had a preacher come and preach to us about tongues. Uh, and the next time we were at the SCA, everyone could suddenly speak in tongues. It was really weird how the, well, that just happened all at the same time. And, um, there's, and, and our, a friend of mine, who he's a shabby, bless him, but he... He prayed for me, and he, he put his hand on, on, on my head, and he was praying for me. It was a very good prayer, and then suddenly I felt this pressure on my head, and I started leaning backwards, and I had to fight back, and I was like, what's going on here? And he, he was under the impression that if I wasn't, didn't fall over, then it wasn't a good prayer. And so he, there was quite a bit of force going on <laughs> as I was being forced into the ground. Um, and there are lots of these obvious examples of uh, perhaps unauthentic Christianity slipping into, into our lives. Um, but there's, a, there's also more subtle ways that we can practice unauthentic Christianity. Um, we hear it when Christians pray in loud voices with wrong words. I think that's the next slide. Yeah, in, long, uh, in long prayers with, with long words and very good, uh, nice flowing things for other people to hear. Um, we see it when people perform great deeds in public yet do nothing of that sort behind closed doors. I see it to myself. Um, I see it when I go through a time where I struggle to actually to go through the Bible and in the minute I have an opportunity to preach, I'm all over that thing. Um, 
I see it to myself when I tell someone I'll pray for you and then I don't actually do it. Um, I see it to myself when I, I feel last night when preparing for this that, that I should stand up here and tell you that I've got this all sorted when I don't. Um, and so there are these subtle, subtle ways um, where unauthenticity creeps, in, creeps into our journeys um, and definitely creeps into mine. Uh, so where's authenticity? I want to be authentic, but I so often feel, feel fake. Um, I so often feel unauthentic. Um, I believe that one of the reasons for why we are, uh, especially me, falling short uh, of authenticity is because we have stopped asking um, this question here. How do I fit into the kingdom of God? Um, another way of saying that is, how do I serve the kingdom of God? Um, it's a question that, that I don't hear being asked often enough. But if that isn't the question that I'm asking, then, then what am I asking instead? Um, and that would be the wrong question the other way around. How does the kingdom of God fit into me? How does the kingdom of God serve me? Um, and it's the wrong question. <laughs> so firstly, I'm asking the question the wrong way around. How does the kingdom of God fit into my kingdom? What is my kingdom? It's, it's this whole life that I build around me uh, to make myself feel special. It's, it's the work that I have. It's the education that I have. It's my friends, my social life, uh, the, the parties that I go to. It's, it's this kingdom that I build around me. Um, and instead of going, uh, God, how does this kingdom serve you? How does this kingdom I've built around me fit into your kingdom? I'd rather go, God, how does your kingdom fit into this that I've built around me? Um, and that's when we start seeing the authenticity creep in. Um, why is it bad to ask the question this way around, the wrong way around? Um, because the kingdom of God can't fit into my kingdom. Um, we, we, so I'll, I'll, take, I'll take this kingdom that God has and I'll try to force it into this kingdom that I've built around me and it just doesn't fit. And so what I find I, I start doing is I start picking and choosing parts of God's kingdom uh, that, that do fit, um, that support this kingdom I've built around me. Um, so where I should be sitting down and reading the Bible and uh, listening to authentic preachers and going, okay, so, so my kingdom needs to fit into this, my kingdom needs to serve that. Instead, I, I'll choose the parts that, that work for the kingdom that I've already built, um, that support that. Um, don't murder anyone, no problem. Um, but then Jesus says that if you ha- hold anger towards anyone, um, you'll be subject to judgment. Um, some people, I need to be angry at, so I'll ignore that part. But, but I promise I won't murder anyone. That fits into my kingdom fine. Um, don't, commit, don't commit adultery, easy. But then Jesus says if you look at someone with lust, you've already committed adultery. Um, well, that's, that's tough. Maybe, maybe, just, maybe just the first part. Um, and so, so we pick and choose. And, and so instead of, instead of approaching Jesus and, going and, and saying, look, th- I want this to serve you, we, we build our own version of Jesus that, that just kind of looks more than us, really. Um, something that Papa loves to say, and I think I've said it before, is, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, God created man in his image, and ever since, man has been returning the favor. Um, Because we're picking parts of the Bible that suit us and work for us, we become unauthentic Christians. 
It's when we try to fit the kingdom of God into us that we use it for our own interests. That's why we have Christians using Jesus to make money. We have Christians who uh, make sure the person that we're praying for falls over um, because it's about what the people around us see. Um, and so what we start doing is we start, start comparing our Christian walk to other Christians and not to Jesus. Um, and often, and uh, I find myself doing all that all the time because if, if I want to continue being unauthentic, um, it's very easy to, to compare myself to other Christians because we all struggle. And, and so I can go, oh, well, I'm, I'm better. I, I'm authentic because I don't swear or something ridiculous like that. Um, I'm authentic because I don't lie. Or, and when I actually start asking the question the right way, then I have to compare my Christianity to Jesus. And then I'm like, I'm a little bit off track. So how do we change this question? How do we go from asking this question to this question? How do we swap it around so that we're asking the question the right way? Um, Whenever I want to change something, um, I try to find out the origin of that thing. And it just helps to change it. So what is the origin? What is the origin of us asking um, how does the kingdom of God fit into me? And I think, and I've, I've spoken about this uh, at Sarepta before, is um, convenience. Uh, we have this such a deep fear of being inconvenienced by Jesus. Um, I do. I have this deep fear of, of, I might have to have an awkward conversation with that friend of mine who isn't Christian um, if, if I ask how my kingdom fits into, into God's kingdom. I might have to stop going to that club you know, I might have to stop doing certain things, and um, it, it can be inconvenient. So we see this in, in a whole bunch of things. Uh, in my church in Cape Town at the moment, one of the big conversations that's going on is a lot of people my age are struggling with the preaching style that's happening. Uh, there's no slides, there's no fancy presentation. It's just lots of scripture and just very straight to uh, like straight to the point. And um, we and people my age, we like. I went to church the other day where there were smoke machines during worship, and, and, and we, 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 like, we like the preachers to have videos going on, and um, he must be very interactive, and we, we, we like this to be entertained while we're listening to listening about Jesus. Um, and so, where we, and then as a result, we start valuing, we start valuing a preach based on uh, the presentation rather than what's being presented. Um, same with worship. We, we, I have so many friends that left the church because they thought that the singer wasn't good enough or the band couldn't play well enough. Um, but then we're we focusing on, on how the worship is being played rather than the worship. Uh, because if I'm going to go to church, I must be entertained. It must be a convenience to go to church. You know? It must convenience this kingdom I built around me. If I'm going to sacrifice free time on a Sunday, it must be a convenience you know, to this kingdom. Um, we're afraid to ask this question because we know deep inside that the answer is going to inconvenience this kingdom that I've built around me. I don't want to fit into the kingdom of God. I don't want to serve the kingdom of God because I might have to give up this kingdom on earth that I've built. Um, I might have to give up certain things. I might have to give up money. I might have to say goodbye to some friends. I might have to have some awkward conversations. I might have to place others ahead of me. Please. If I ask the right question, I might lose the convenience of this kingdom I've built around me. So it's easier just not to ask it. Or ask it, but then not answer it truthfully. It's easier to be unauthentic, because being authentic is asking too much of me. Um, and there's good news. It's 
not an inconvenience. <laughs> if you didn't see that one coming, then surprise. Um, Matthew thirteen forty four uh, speaks about the man who sold everything he had. Should be up there. Yes, you guys are on form, eh? Um, speaks about the man who sold everything he had uh, for the treasure. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it. And so often we focus on he had to sell everything he had. He had to sell his entire kingdom that he had built around him for this treasure. And that's what we focus on. And we go, what an inconvenience. Um, but the part that we do not focus on is that he did it in his joy. He joyfully sold his kingdom for that treasure. We fear the inconvenience of this question when there is no such inconvenience. This man sold everything he had with joy. And that is what we need to understand. We need to get over the idea that this man sold everything he had, um, that when he did that, it was an inconvenience. We need to get over this mentality because he sold everything. And just think about everything that, you've, that you have in this kingdom that you've built around you. And he did it joyfully, exactly. Something I love about this church is the congregation helps the preacher often. <laughs> My yayi leads that charge. Whenever I come here, the preacher will be going, and then yayi is three steps ahead of him and just leading the way for him as he goes. Yes, this is yayi. When we believe that giving up this kingdom for God's kingdom is not an inconvenience at all, then we'll stop asking how does God's kingdom fit into our kingdom, um, and we'll start asking it the right way around. We'll start asking how does this kingdom fit into your kingdom, God? God, I want this kingdom that I've built around me to serve your kingdom. The man sold everything in his joy. If you're sitting here today and you're tired of feeling unauthentic, firstly, join the club. And secondly, I would suggest start asking the question the right way. Um, also, if you are hoping that at the end of this preach, um, maybe you've already been asking this question. Maybe you've already for quite some time now been asking, God, how does my kingdom fit into your kingdom? And maybe there's been no answer. And maybe you're hoping at the end of this preach, I'd, I'd give you an answer to that. Um, if that's the case, unfortunately, you're going to be disappointed because... I don't have that answer. Um, and so then I would suggest that if you've been asking that question already and there's been no answer, maybe you're asking the wrong person. Um, and I would suggest ask Jesus that question. In terms of the answer to this question, please don't ask me because I won't have it. If you've been asking this question already and you were hoping that I would end off with a resounding answer, I'm afraid I have to disappoint you. Because if you've been asking this question already and you feel like it's been getting you nowhere, maybe you're asking the wrong person. But believe me, there is an answer. You have a special purpose in this kingdom. God wants to use this kingdom you've built around you for his kingdom. That is without doubt. He has has a plan for your kingdom to play an authentic role in his. I don't know specifically what that role is. Um, But Jesus does. Um, And no matter how insignificant or small you might think your kingdom is, God can use it. Um, When we try and fit God's kingdom to our kingdom, it doesn't work that well. We get unauthenticity. 
Ja. Ähm. Lord Jesus, help us to be authentic. Help us to ask the question the right way around. Um, uh, give us this desire to, to, to serve your kingdom. Take away this, this evil in us that, that craves for your kingdom to serve ours. Let us strive for authenticity. Um, and let us, not, let us not cover that up by comparing ourselves to other Christians uh, where we can continue to believe that we are authentic when perhaps we're not. Let us ask you this question. Help us, Lord, to ask you this question. How do I fit into your kingdom? Um, and then I thought this just linked quite well with what I've spoken about, but um, about how we must conquer this fear of inconvenience. But Ephesians 6, verse 19 to 20. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, Words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should.